You're listening to the American Scalds Nordic Sound Podcast, promoting Nordic music history and culture wherever podcasts can be found. everyone and welcome back to the Nordic Sound Podcast. I am your host Jameson Foster, the American Scald, and I'm glad to see quite a handful of you went back and re-listened to all of the old episodes with the addition of new music. I'm happy to have music back in here, and it seems you guys are too. So over the next two episodes we will be learning about two composers whose reputations were forever marred by Nazi occupation in Norway. The first is Christian Sinding, who, while good friends with Grieg and Halvorsen, was sort of a black sheep of the late 19th century Norwegian composers. Sinding, unlike his compatriots, never felt convinced by Norwegian nationalism. Whether he didn't get it, want it, or believe in it, it was his ambivalence to this nationalist movement which truly set him apart from his contemporaries. Despite all of this, Sinding was one of the most beloved composers of his time, but unfortunately, an eight-week Nazi membership at the end of his life incited a boycott which lasted for decades, long enough to create a sort of amnesia surrounding his reputation and contributions to music. More on this later. Christian Sinding was born in Lillehammer in 1856, but after his father died only four years later, he moved to Christiania. In 1872, already tired of Norwegian life, he set out for Leipzig. Though he was there for five years, he didn't really enjoy his time there and tested the patience of his teachers due to conservatory regime not really being his cup of tea. He wanted to try new things and experiment with tonality, and the more conservative culture of this, well, conservatory, just wasn't the place for such a progressively-minded composer, as we learned with Edvard Grieg in episode 10. Sending returned home in 1877 and failed in his first few years as an independent composer. His worst concert review came in 1882, when a critic noted that his music was, quote, some of the wildest, most inaccessible music to ever meet a concert hall. Yeesh. He ended up burning most of the compositions from this time in his life due to a desire to, quote, make room for new thoughts. It wasn't a bad strategy, though, because in 1885 he found success after organizing a concert of his own original new works. In the turnaround of a lifetime after this concert, he was hailed as an equal of both Grieg and Svensson. By far, his most popular piece from this concert was his piano quintet, cited as being an incredibly fresh and original work compared to his contemporaries. Such a charming piece of music. But again, feeling tired of Norwegian life, the fickle sending left for Leipzig once more. He brought his quintet with him and had it performed at the Gewandhaus there, which was one of the most prestigious concert houses in all of Germany before being destroyed in World War II. 
This piece was so popular that they played it again one year later as an anniversary special. I can't think of many other pieces of music with a one-year anniversary concert, so it, much have, it must have been quite the favorite for audiences there. In 1893, he finally got an offer from Peter's Publishing House, a huge feat as it's the same publisher Grieg had. But Sending eventually came to a similar conclusion that Grieg would. Peters didn't want honest music, they wanted musical bonbons that they could sell to the masses. Not a great publisher for someone with an innovative and restless mind. He returned to Norway in 1897, and if you're not convinced yet that he really wasn't buying the Norwegian nationalism, he responded to independence in 1905 by leaving for Stockholm, who they just gained independence from, because of how tired he was with the level of patriotism in Norway. Regardless of how he felt, Norway loved him because of his success in Germany. By 1916, they loved him so much that they appointed him as commander of the Order of St. Olaf. Sending responded by traveling to the U.S. to be a professor there instead. Whatever his reasons for constantly dipping out of Norway, he did consistently return for summers, and he was so loved by Norwegians that, after he was living in an apartment for his summers, the government gifted him his own honorary residence of Groten, which still stands today. They just couldn't tolerate that one of their most prized and precious composers was living in an apartment. In spite of all of this, there is an unfortunate reason why Sending isn't remembered today with such fondness in the same way that Grieg, Svensson, or Grundal are. In the months leading up to the Nazi invasion of Norway in 1941, Sending would reportedly make many public positive statements about the Nazi party and Germany in general. And of course, at the time, you can't really blame him, as the Nazis even threw a festival in his honor and were fervent champions of his music. Further, he drank the same Kool-Aid so many Germans did at the time, and fell for the Nazi parade illusion of togetherness and community they so heavily relied on. Descending, Nazi Germany did appear to be a place where everyone was happy and kind to each other. What he, among others, didn't realize is you really only belonged and were treated in such a way if you were a specific kind of person. So, when the Nazis invaded Norway, Sending was on good terms with the Germans, and showed ambivalence towards Norwegians, and as a result, he was a little too welcoming of the Nazis. Unfortunately, eight weeks before his death, he signed and joined the Nazi society in Norway in 1941. Now, we can all make our own conclusions about this. I personally don't think we should hold Sending in too much contempt for this decision, and I will explain why. He was showered with gifts and praised by the Nazis when they first came to Norway in attempts to win him over. And if you study Holocaust history at all, the realities of the Nazis' intentions were pretty effectively kept out of the public eye. Further, the final solution didn't begin until 1941, and given the fact that most Germans of the time weren't aware of what was going on even by 1945, it was highly unlikely that Sending knew either from Norway in early 1941. All he knew was that the Germans, whom he preferred to Norwegians from what I can tell reading about him, suddenly occupied Norway and were overwhelmingly kind to him, throwing him festivals and all of that. Lastly, there is evidence that he didn't even fill out the membership slip himself, because the signature was not in his handwriting, and in the fact that the whole last half of the slip was in a different handwriting as well. So, it's a gray area. It's up to you, the listener, as always, to make your decisions, but I think it's a little harsh to discount the beautiful works and accomplishments of Sending because of something he did in the last eight weeks of his 80-year-long life. You too will understand if you listen to his sonata in Autumn Still.
Sending wrote beautiful music, and I can't help but empathize, not sympathize with him. I opened this episode with describing him as a black sheep, and that really is the best way to put it. All of his friends and of course his whole home was wrapped up in these nationalist traditions which he just didn't buy into and didn't feel like he belonged with. And he constantly found himself having to travel abroad to different countries to escape it. He must have been a very lonely man, and we shouldn't underestimate the effect that that has on a person. Because even though he was friends with Grieg and Halvorsen, and there's an adorable picture of them even playing cards together, that was far, far earlier in his life. Again, it's up to you how you want to remember Christian Sending. But considering the leeway we give other less aloof figures such as Wagner or Orff, let alone other less innocent composers beyond the realm of anti-Semitic associations, I will always remember Christian Sending as the most unique of all of 19th century Norwegian composers, a man who struggled to find a place in which he belonged. And with that, we come to the end of Christian Sending's story, and next week we will pick up the Nazi presence in Norway with David Monrad Johansson. And so, friends... That brings us to the end of this week's episode on Christian Sending. If you're liking the show, I encourage you to subscribe, leave a review, and join my mailing list on my website, theamericanscald.com. And you can also join our Reddit community at r slash nordicsound as well. And don't be a stranger. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to email me through my website or message me on Instagram. I love hearing from you all. So, as always, thank you for listening, and I look forward to seeing you again on the American Scald's Nordic Sound podcast. (laughs) 